another episode of The Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. I'm Tori Walker, and I'm so pleased to be able to share this interview with you. I caught up with Michelle Philp before Easter, and it was such a delight to talk with someone who has such a breadth of experience in ministry, a clear understanding of the priorities in ministry and church life, and an ability to be able to talk about it really clearly. In this conversation, you'll hear her dropping little pearls of wisdom about the benefits of mainstream work, the importance of theological education for women in ministry, and how reading just one Bible verse a day can be a really good thing. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, the audio is not great. There's some background noise that kicks in around the 10-minute mark, and it's pretty loud, but hopefully you'll be able to persevere and uh, be encouraged as you listen to this conversation. I'm sitting here with Michelle Phillips, who's in Brisbane, and I'm excited that we get to chat. And it is a little bit echoey, I admit. But the reason is, dear listeners, because we both need a coffee, because <laughs> we've both uh, been working hard in different ways. So here we are. And up early. Yeah, and up very early. Michelle was up early to fly to Brisbane. How mm. early did you get up? Uh, half past six. Yeah. Which is half past five in Queensland. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll pay that. And I was up at six o'clock to bake hot cross buns for That's my R.I. class. fabulous. <laughs> yes. So, Michelle, I've got some questions that I ask everybody, but um, obviously the answers will be different. But tell me how you came to faith in Jesus. Okay, so I grew up in a non-believing family. Yep. Uh, And when I was about 14, I went along to youth group with a friend of mine, and I thought, there's something to this. I'm going to keep going to, yeah, I'm going to go to church and try and figure it out. Um, And so I went along to my local church and went through baptism and confirmation classes and I kind of got a little bit of it but in the end just just got too hard and I gave up and then when I was in year 12 uh, there were, there was a Christian band um, full of guys that I think you might actually know Tori <laughs> John Dixon's yeah <laughs> um, and his band in the silence so they came and played at my high school and I remember at that concert not necessarily becoming a Christian but making the decision that I'm going to keep going to church until I figure out who this Jesus guy is um, oh, and so that's what the next fabulous. few years were about doing. But um, have you met any of them since? Yeah, and told I have. Them, oh, I've that's told fun. John a few yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Actually, and I've cool. seen Ben Shaw a few times as well. So he was the one who'd given his testimony that night. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and just that those guys could be give, had given up everything else they could do to go around and tell people about Jesus. I just thought that was amazing. I was like, okay, so I need to find out who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 Wow. Mm. And so then you investigated and yeah so I stayed I grew up in Wagga stayed uh, at home for another year so I did my first year of uni in Wagga I went along to my local church Um, and I think by the time I left Wagga I knew that Jesus death meant that I would go to heaven but I couldn't quite figure out what he was dying to save me from and so it wasn't until um, my second year I went to uni in Sydney and at that stage I heard about sin and how I'd been rejecting God all this time. And that's kind of when the penny dropped as to why Jesus had actually died um, to save me from that sin and put me in a relationship with God. So, yeah. yeah. And then everything makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Like then you go, that's why you had to die. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get it. There was no other way. Yeah. 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 Wow. And so how did your parents react to that? Uh, initially they were quite fine with it because they thought it was just a phase of life that I was going through Um, and when I went away to uni and I was studying and then working post uni I think they thought oh it'll just be one of those little things she does on the side 
the bigger reaction came when I told them that I wanted to go into ministry so that I could tell people about Jesus full time. <laughs> um, yeah, they found that a little bit harder. But my parents have always been the kind of people who uh, want us to do what will make us happy. <laughs> and yeah, and so they were okay with it. <laughs> you know, this is like exactly the same as my story. I, I thought it was say. similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when you said that line, I'm like, oh, she's going to say that. <laughs> yeah. But isn't that lovely how supportive yeah. they are, even though they don't really get it? Yeah. That at the end of the day, yeah, and they've been incredibly yeah. supportive yeah. ever since, so it's been really lovely. Because, it, it, I mean, it must be hard for them. They've got dreams for you and aspirations, and then yeah. when they see you making a decision that is stepping away from the house or the career or the whatever it was that they thought would make you happy, yeah. it must be hard for yeah. a parent, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially when it's to follow something that they don't believing mm. and they don't necessarily understand mm. yeah mm. yeah mm. and so I know <laughs> here comes the BOC story I know. <laughs> I know that you used to work in Townsville and the reason I know this and will never forget it is because for some bizarre reason whenever we drove over that side of town Dave would always say Oh, Michelle Philp used to work there, but yes, <laughs> but he would always forget that he'd say that, and it would just be one of those places we drive like every two or three months. It's kind of an industrial area, and every yeah. time it'd be yes, darling, I know, I know. <laughs> but I hadn't met you by then, so I knew yeah. who you were. Um, but yeah, it's because when Dave came up to visit the Richardsons and myself yeah. and a few others that were there, a large group of the guys came up together and it was absolutely flooded in Townsville and they were hoping to go hiking on Hinchinbrook Island yeah, yeah. and couldn't get anywhere and so I think we had eight of us staying in the Richardsons two bedroom apartment so everyone had a bit of cabin fever yeah. and it probably would have been one of those memories it was that stuck in his head. <laughs> <laughs> so how long were you in Townsville? I want to say Townsville. Mm -hmm. but I, <laughs> um, I actually, I lived in Queens, I, I find it hard to determine an exact time because I lived oh, in Queensland, Queensland yeah. for three years. Yeah. Um, about a year of that was spent in Townsville, but yep. I had a house and housemates in Brisbane and a house and housemates in Townsville at the same time yep. because I was spending so much time in both places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So whilst you were working for BOC Gas, was that where you were before you decided you wanted to pursue a bit more ministry? I think I made the decision to go into ministry while I was actually at uni. Yep. Um, and so once that gospel message clicked, it was... I, I actually didn't grow up knowing anyone who actually knew this message oh, and it's yeah. a life and death message and so I want to tell people about it. Yeah. Um, and at uni there were people doing um, ministry apprenticeships and I thought, okay, so there is actually a path to be able to learn and train and do that. Yeah. Um, so uh, so I've made that decision, but partly for my parents' sake and partly for my own sake, um, I wanted to work as an engineer for a little while first just to show that I wasn't going into ministry because it wasn't something, you know, because I was a failure at my other <laughs> chosen profession, yeah. but it was a deliberate decision to leave that to go and tell people about Jesus. Yeah. I think there's other advantages too. Like then you've just oh, lived yeah. in the real world yes. and you know what it's like and yeah. You know, looking back, that you've made the decision to do it. It yep. wasn't just that trajectory. Because yeah. you think you're growing up when you're at uni, but actually when you look back, you still are young in some ways, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. No, I think yeah. it's a 
Yeah. And there's so much that you learn too. Like I, um, I've trained apprentices since then mm. and I keep saying you really need to work first. Like even all the skills of time management and um, uh, people skills and leadership skills, you can learn those in the secular workplace when you're earning a decent salary, <laughs> then come into ministry yeah, and yeah. add the ministry aspects on top of that. Like yeah. it's, yeah. I had I trained some girls at one stage who'd come straight from uni and by Easter they were all absolutely exhausted and they blamed it all on ministry. Yes. And I said, go and talk to your friends who've gone out to work for the first time as well. All of them will be saying they're just as, as exhausted as you are yeah. because that first year of work where you've got time responsibilities and you can't just sit up chatting to your friends late at night and miss the next lecture first lecture the next morning and sleep in you have to be there yeah and you're there for so long like so yeah. much of your waking hours is taken up by work i don't know if we can still be heard but anyway we'll just talk louder <laughs> oh well oh well actually i think when we've finished our coffee we can somewhere else. Yeah. sorry about the background noise but the coffee's pretty good <laughs> don't you reckon mine is mine's oh yeah mine's Enjoy. strong but i need it yeah, so you've done lots of things in ministry then. So you did an apprenticeship and then you went to more college and studies. So my big plan yeah. when I finished uh, uni was that I was going to work for two years, do MTS for two years, go to Bible college for three years and start in ministry. Yep. God's plan <laughs> was that I worked for four years, yep. did an apprenticeship for three years, and I actually worked for MTS while I was doing my apprenticeship Okay, um, in the office planning, yep. training, uh, well, organising the training, the side yep. of yep. things, um, and then went to college for four years, and then went into ministry. <laughs> so I was a little older by the time I got there. <laughs> everything, you just took the scenic route. Yep. Every, yep. Everything you've done. <laughs> just a slow learner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, and so, did you go to Canberra straight away when you left college? Was no, I worked. First? I worked for Christchurch Bladesville oh, um, for right. three years, yep. and then I had seven years in Canberra. Okay, in yeah. women's ministry mainly. Yes, both of them. Yeah. yeah. So both, I was um, an assistant minister, but particularly responsible for women. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you have a wealth of knowledge about women and ministering to women. What are your kind of key priorities when you minister to women? Oh, key priority is always the Word of God and that's one of the things I keep trying to come back to with, um, we'll get on to T2 in a little while, but yep. all the ministries that I do, um, I've been thinking about it a lot lately in terms of Mary and Martha and I'm aware just how often in our churches we're willing to let women be Marthas, yep. we want them to organise events for us, we want them to organise the dinners after church, we want them to arrange the flowers or photocopy the outlines or do stuff yep. and we don't spend enough time encouraging them to be spending time in God's word, yep. um, to be enriching and sustaining and refreshing, um, well refreshing themselves but God refreshing them yeah, <laughs> from yeah. his word yeah. rather than just doing stuff all the time. Yeah. So yeah. how like practically, how, what is that? What does that look like? Like, say for the average woman, like I totally mm -hmm. recognise her in your description there, doing yeah. all this stuff, it's good stuff. But, you know, what does it look like for her to be um, more in the Word and to have that culture at a church where women are being refreshed by God through His Word? 
For me, I think that's particularly in one-to-one ministries. Yeah. So I really try to encourage women to get involved one-to-one. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to jump into T2 Women yeah, here because that's kind of, this is all the stuff that led me to creating T2 Women because I kept meeting women who'd say, look, I don't actually have to go back to work full time that my youngest kids have started school. I want to help out around church, but I just don't know what that looks like. Yeah. And often they'd get given all those Martha kind of tasks to do. Well, they're there to be done. And if you're yeah. willing, you do them, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But I'd say to them, well, why don't you find someone and open the Bible and read with them? Yeah. And everyone's response would be, oh, no, I couldn't possibly do that. Like, I'm not yeah. trained enough or I'm not experienced enough or yeah. I'm not I'm not ready to be the older woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm only 58. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. um, and so part of setting up T2 Women was yeah. to try and create a program to help those women feel confident enough to do something that actually I know they can already do, but I provide a structure and a program and some backup available by phone or Skype anytime that they feel a bit out of their depth um, to get in and actually do those, have those one-to-one relationships. So, yeah, so T2 Women, let's just go there. Yep. I'll just skip over a few things. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's great. So you started it about a year ago, is it? The idea itself started about nine, ten years ago now yep. um, when I was working at Christchurch Gladesville. Wow. Um, and so it's had various forms since then. Um, but at the... Yes, so early 2016 was when I started um, looking at turning it into my actual job. Yeah. So it's always been something that I've done on the side or as part of my full-time role as being a women's pastor of a church. Yeah. But now I'm trying to make it available to other churches and to a wider range of people. And particularly, I've been thinking a lot about the smaller churches, the less resourced churches that can't afford a women's pastor um, and being available for for them to employ me as a resource yeah. um, rather than having to employ a full-time staff member. Yeah, so how does it work? Like, a, a, you know, a small church in Bogabilla says, wow, that sounds awesome. What do they do? Do they get in contact with you or does yes. the woman who's keen get in contact with you or how does it work? The woman who's keen, I'd want to encourage her to go to her pastor. Yeah. I really want... Um, I don't want this to be something that the women are doing out there on their own on the side. I want the men, uh, male senior pastors, to be actually taking responsibility for it and interested in what's happening in their women's ministry. And so I ask the churches to be the ones who pay for the training. So for me, it's sort of a two-step process. The first is talking to the senior minister, getting them on board, them needing to get all their various approvals through parish council or session or depending on their denomination, where they get the finances. It's non-denominational. So whatever denomination they are, because I think God's word is non-denominational. <laughs> so teaching women to read it, there's no. I'm not teaching them a particular church structure. I'm teaching them to open God's word and yeah. read it with another woman. I saw a funny little <laughs> Christian clip that was um, talking about how this church is interdenominational. <laughs> interdenominational. Interdenominational. <laughs> it was just a joke. Anyway, it's I a fun to say that word. <laughs> So uh, for each woman who's doing T2 Women, they set aside a day a week for a year to be trained. And in that day a week, I encourage them to have four intentional relationships. So they're not all one-to-ones, but they're four intentional relationships under the categories of reach, connect, grow, and serve. So reach is reading. (laughs) 
<laughs> is reading the Bible with uh, non-Christians, yep. so someone who's never read it before. Um, and that might take ages to actually find the person who's going to say yes to you about that. So for the first six months of your T2 apprenticeship, you, oh, T2 yes. women, that you might actually just be praying for that person. Um, Connect is being deliberate about uh, being involved with the women at church. So looking out for the person on the fringe and helping them connect in, looking out for the newcomer who turns up at church and helping them connect in. That person may change every month. You might meet someone new, in, um, introduce them to other people at church, get them connected in with other people, and then you're looking out for the next new person. Yep. Um, so that person keeps changing. Grow is another Christian that um, you're reading the Bible with one-to-one. And I ask women to particularly look out there for the woman who's finding it hard to hear a sermon. So the new mum, maybe someone in a nursing home who can't um, get out. It doesn't have to be, it can be anyone, Um, but I say to kind of look out in that kind of category as well. So someone who is a Christian that you want to read the Bible with, so particularly with the new mum, you might read the passage that's going to be preached on the next Sunday with them, so that when they're listening to the sermon, they've already got some idea of what's happening, so if they need to go out and change a nappy and come back in, they've got it covered, (laughs) you know, they've got some idea. And their brain's sort of switched on to what they want to hear from the sermon as well. Yeah, that's when you're tired. Yes. Um, And then serve is meeting another woman at church who is serving in a different way, one-to-one, as a way of the church encouraging her. So it might be a Sunday school teacher, a youth group leader, uh, a music leader, uh, the receptionist. (laughs) So another woman at church who's serving in another way. So four intentional relationships. I send out materials once a fortnight that we then have discussions on. And to Um, do that... Skype or do you do group or how are you kind of I'm still working on that because um, I set up a Facebook group and then one of the women this year does not use Facebook Uh, so so we've done the last one on email but I'll probably set up a forum uh, with a password on my uh, website and we'll work from that way but that's been interesting like as the women have commented on the the paper that I just sent out their different experiences and are you writing the papers or are you it's a combination some of them are ones that so the one I just sent out was an article um, Ministry of the Pew or Every Member Ministry written by Cole Marshall that I've just found so invaluable over the years that I really want everyone to read it so I sent them that one as part of the connect idea and um, helping them think about being intentional on a Sunday so um yeah, so the papers once a fortnight, and then I try to, depending on how far away they are, um, to visit once a, um, once a school term face-to-face. Yep. Um, but I'm also available Skype or phone yep. in between if they want to talk. Yep. So I'll, I just send an email saying, hey, I'm around this Friday. Let me know if you want to meet up yep. over Skype. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so grateful for Skype technology. <laughs> it's so great. Like you That's literally yeah. set up your screens. It's like you're having a conversation with someone in your own lounge room. You've made your own cup of coffee. You've got the Bible open, you read it together, <laughs> and yeah, that's great. It, yeah, yeah, and be on the other side of the world, but yeah, yeah. that oh, it just sounds so good hearing you talk about that. Like, it's it's structured, it's it's clear, it's not complicated, yeah, but I can just see how practical and helpful that So, would that's be. one of the things I think I've gained from the years of working with women in ministry, yeah, <laughs> um, is that need to be structured and to know what the commitment is because most of the women who are doing this are busy mums they've got kids that need to be in their different school after school programs or um or grandmothers who are also you know you just need to know what the actual commitment is just not a vague helping out but here's the time that i'm setting aside to do this and so do you sort of 
encourage women to kind of yeah give it a day like either a school day or a Day. Yeah, so when I say a day, I think of a day as six hours because yeah. that's the time between school yeah. drop off and school pick up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which six hours doesn't seem enough for four relationships. Um, but it, uh, one thing that I do say is if they do find the reach person to be reading the Bible with one to one, then they may move their grow and serve one to ones to being fortnightly, yeah. alternating. Yep. So I don't want this to be something that exhausts people, yep. wears them out. I don't want it to be another just do thing. I want it to be something that is refreshing and encouraging. Yeah. And you walk away from the one-to-one going, oh, that was just the highlight of my week, yeah. <laughs> rather than, uh, oh, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which you can do just through tiredness. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So how many women have you got doing it this year at the moment? So this year there's four women spread wow, around um, New South Wales. Yeah. yeah. If people actually thought this sounded interesting, you've got a website. I do. T the number two women.com.au. Okay, and we'll yep. link to it. But tell me where the name come from. So T2 is Titus 2. Ah, uh, which is the passage that talks about older women teaching younger women. Yep. Titus 2 also has one of my favourite passages in scripture. That is that passage about the grace of God that teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Um, Because again, I want T2 women to be all about grace and not about works and doing things, but being reminded that it's God's grace that leads to the the character things of um, of, uh, moving away from ungodliness and glorifying God, moving towards glorifying God. I love that passage too. It's so good. It's gospel and it's directional and it's life. yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's very exciting. And I think it's great that women get to benefit from your experience because you actually have got loads of experience in women's ministry. And so it's fantastic that women get to benefit from that. Thanks. <laughs> um, so what are you doing with the rest of your time? So that's sort of a day or two a week, is it? Yeah. Yep. So what are you doing with the rest of your time at the moment? Uh, I'm working three days a week as a chaplain Um, yeah and that role has just started so it's all a bit new and exciting yeah Um, yeah, so just starting to get a handle on what that looks like and have you actually started the face-to-face kind of or are you still training no i'm still doing a lot of training yeah yeah and then i'm working a day a week for katoomba christian conventions Mm -hmm. um that's only just starting up as well (laughs) life's a bit crazy at the moment i've got three things all starting at the same time so (laughs) a bit exhausting but good um yeah, so my, the plan with KCC is uh, to be a church partnership liaison uh, for regional churches in New South Wales. Has that kind of three different part-time jobs kind of, that's just life or is this kind of where you feel like you're at or is this like, okay, this is the best, I'm, you know, like how, how are you going with that? That was a very quick question. No, 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 that's okay. Yeah, I do. Um, My problem is that I get really excited by ideas and that I don't like letting any of them go. (laughs) So um, I'm excited about all of these ideas. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and time will tell how they go at all working together. All three of them are fairly flexible, so there will be times where I'll need to spend a whole week on one or the other. Yeah. And so hopefully that will help. 
Yeah. The chaplaincy job so far has been fairly contained in its hours as well. It's something that I can't take home at the end of the day, whereas the other two jobs will be a lot more from home um, and going out and visiting people when they're available. Yeah, yeah they're all still quite people intense though, aren't they? Like ministry mm. is, I think, and especially yeah. women's ministry often is people intense. So yeah. how do you go with that or how have you gone with that over the years? Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Are you obviously just, an extrovert, so you like talking oh, to people. I've become more and more introverted oh, since yeah. I've been doing ministry. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because you just so treasure that time that you have by yourself when life is so full. Yeah. You kind of crave it like an introvert would, even um, if you're not an introvert. Yeah, 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 that's right. And I don't know how you do it with four, four or five boys at home. Yeah, <laughs> like Because part of the way I cope is that I do live on my own. I have a dog for company. He doesn't talk back very much. <laughs> he doesn't ask for much. No, he does as he's told. <laughs> so, but I do far less women's ministry. Like, I, um, because yeah. of that. Yeah, but, absolutely. I want to encourage you that is your women's ministry. Yeah, not your women's is. ministry, it is yes. your ministry. Yes. Um, and I think, yep. you know, your life at the moment is yep. a more, um, uh, what's it called? Home-based. Um, Home-based, yeah, yeah, but the, um, intensive, yes. sorry, it's intensive ministry yeah. with a smaller group of people. Yeah. Because I don't have that at home, I've got a more extent, as in more different relationships outside of the home. Yeah. Um, that's just the different timings God's given us, I guess, for, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. ministry. Yeah. And yeah. do you ever get exhausted by it all? Like, have you ever sort of been a bit burnt out? You have? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. How did you cope with that? <laughs> I can ask about that. Yeah. Um, I've come through the other side of it, and I'm grateful to God holding on to me through the other side of it. Um, I mean, one of, the, one of the things I've always tried to juggle with women's ministry is that we want the word of God to be a priority and we don't want to create a problem-centered ministry but at the same time the word of God impacts people's whole lives and so I see so many ministries that end up being set up where sometimes ministers don't necessarily get the importance of the women running their women's ministries of having a theological education and I want to say those intense pastoral conversations are the time my theology gets the most stretched so it might look like I'm just having a cup of coffee with someone but that is the time where every you know understanding particularly of the Psalms in times of suffering or you know helping people work out how to come back to God your scriptures really need to be foremost in your mind, otherwise it's so easy to lead into pop psychology um, at that time. Mm. And so even though it's been exhausting, with, because that's been my foundation, it's also then been the foundation for me when I've burnt out that, that I can keep clinging to God in that time. Uh, yeah, even though I feel absolutely wrecked. And I, want, I, I guess I want to say with that too is that Sometimes that does mean that things like your own personal Bible reading, it might just be a verse a day. Like when you're completely burnt out and exhausted, some people just almost stop reading the Bible at all. I want to say, even if you just pick up one verse for the day and mull on that all day, <laughs> that when you're burnt out is fine. Don't beat yourself up about it. <laughs> because, yeah, 
but keep that habit going almost. Yeah, keep yeah. the habit going. Yeah. And remember there will be a time where you have more energy for coming back to multiple chapters in a day. <laughs> but at that time, if that's all you can cling on to, then do. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess we've sort of headed in that direction, but what other things do you do to keep your faith growing and to keep you standing firm in Christ? Obviously the habit of just reading the Bible. Yeah, so I use um, the Bible app, it's called, um, so it's a new version, I think it is. And that varies each year according to how things are, how life's going. <laughs> and so there've been years where um, one of my favorites is the chronological Bible. Uh, you read through the Bible in chronological order across a whole year. Yeah, I did that one, at one stage I did that kind of two years running. Although one of the difficulties I found with the chronological Bible is that you've got to wait until the October long weekend before you get to Jesus. <laughs> that can be a little draining. <laughs> so, yeah. But it really helps you with putting all those different books of the Bible in order and yeah, knowing yeah. where the different prophets fitted in with the different kings and knowing where Paul's letters fitted into Acts and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that's a really encouraging one. And it's just a different way of reading the Bible. Like oh, it's, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot to read each day, though, like especially oh, yes. Old Testament. Oh, yeah. Like there were times that I would sort of, because like, I did it about five years ago, and then there were times that I'd look at it going, oh, too much happens to me. Yeah. Yeah. But it is good. Yeah. 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 So you version other times you that? As in it gives it's you one of the plans that you okay. can. So it has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plans. You need to be discerning in picking the plans that you're going to use. Um, I'm doing one at the moment that is Tim Keller's Lenten studies, so in the lead up to Easter. Um, and so each it's 40 days uh, in the lead up to the cross, so um, yeah, each day focusing our minds on why the cross had to happen. Um, so that's yeah, been quite helpful. And so sometimes like this year where I've just got so much going on, um, I do, uh, like I'll do one plan after another, either more in depth or a little less in depth. Um, according to what the month ahead looks like, really. <laughs> I have different podcasts that I yep. listen to as well. So um, there's uh, Fellowship Denver in from the States. I've really enjoyed their series. Um, and so I just have different talks that I listen to while I'm out walking the dog. It's yep. part of, yeah. Yeah, nice. Keeping it so in my sermons head. sermons or are they? No, the sermons. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so they've just been working through Galatians. Yeah. So, yeah. How did you find them or pick them? A uh, friend was at church okay. over there for a while, and so there's a circle of us that <laughs> we're all listening to the talks from there. Um, yeah, and talking about them together as well, which is another thing too, like having yeah. friends that you talk to about particular sermons. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And books, do you sort of work through stuff or do you just pick it up when you feel like it or are you completely like, I just can't see a theological book at all at the moment? <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm your classic pick it up, think this is a great book, I'm going to keep reading this and then find it again with the bookmark in <laughs> chapter two, <laughs> you know, a month later. Um, is it because you feel like you've already got the big idea and you can work it out? Sometimes. Sometimes I reckon yeah. that is the case, but then sometimes yeah. with the more practical ones, I personally need to keep reading because yeah. that's where it does its hard work. Yeah. So again, that's a, a timing kind of thing. Yep. So sometimes I love sitting down and reading. Other times, I yeah, <laughs> I get home at the end of the day and think can't open another thing to read. Yeah, yeah. 
So you're up here to give some talks yeah. at Redlands. Yeah. Crazy. What are you talking about? Uh, speaking on the Book of Ruth, three talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is The Hidden Hand of God in Times of Darkness. Again, that whole area of how uh, clinging to God in our times of darkness, uh, not walking away from Him, so seeing the example of Naomi in that. Um, the Hidden Hand of God in the Everyday, so another area that I've found in women's ministry as well is just that struggle for either friends who are mums with the whole day in, day out, changing another pool in nappy, wiping snotty noses, where's God in all of this? <laughs> or um, friends without kids, they're going to work, get up, go to work, come home, cook dinner, go to bed, start the day again. Yeah. Just how, where, where is God in all of this? Um, that's exactly what um, Ruth would have been doing day in, day out in the harvest, not being able to see the big picture of what God was about to do in her life. But um, yeah, how to... Yeah. Keep trusting in God in the everyday. Mm-hmm. And then the final talk from chapter four is uh, the hidden hand of God in the big picture. Mm-hmm. So looking at how uh, God had planned that whole big picture around his primary star, who is Jesus, movie <laughs> star Jesus. Um, yeah, and how that was what was at work through all of that story of redemption. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, that's really good. Just as you were saying that, I mean, you were talking about the everyday life of women with kids and I mean you obviously have walked alongside a lot of women with kids because you know what their life is like quite intimately. Um, Is that hard for you not having kids? Do you sometimes just go, I want that, you know? Is it hard to not be discontent? Uh, I think that's one of those things that comes in waves. (laughs) So, you know, when friends have the nice new little baby who's all sweet and lovely, then I think, oh, that would be nice. And then when I see my friends who are absolutely exhausted because their kids have kept them awake all night, or I've looked after friends' kids overnight, and I think, oh my goodness, I never ever want to do that. (laughs) Um, But now a lot of my friends are coming out the other side where they get to have friendships with their kids, and I think, oh, that would actually be nice. So... You know, it's just not what has been part of God's plan for me. And so I kind of learnt to deal with that and keep trusting him in that. I do have nieces and nephews that I get to play with a lot and love and hand back. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, my, old, my older two nieces get to have that friendship with us well, which I enjoy. Yeah, without the parent complication. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, Michelle, I'm so glad that God is using you and your talents in so many different ways. Thank you so much for talking to us on the Lydia Project today. Hope it's no- not too noisy. Hope people have been having a Um Yeah. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. If this is the first episode that you've listened to, there are 10 more episodes that you can go back and listen to. You can do that by going to the Gospel Coalition Australia's website and searching for The Lydia Project. And there you'll see all the episodes and some links to some of the things that were discussed about in those conversations. You can also go to iTunes um, or your favourite podcasting app and subscribe there. Um, And there's also a Facebook page that you can search up and um, interact with some of the other people who are listening and also find out what's happening next with the Lydia Project. Thanks again for listening.